It's the Industry Focus Fantasy Draft on this energy edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean Riley at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. Joining me today for today's energy show is Tyler Crow and Taylor Muckerman. How's it going, guys? We missed you last week. It's pretty good, man. And sorry we kind of left you hanging there. I think we both had some uh, out-of-town obligations. I literally could not find anybody, so I had one of our uh, awesome, foolish contributors, Matt Delalo, call in. We had a good chat. Yeah, but, I listened, uh, to, listened to the show. It was a good show. Good for Thank Matt. you. Yeah. Yeah, no, he... <laughs> Just a little bit of insider info. He lost reception, so we had to restart the show on his <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> hey, whatever. You gotta do works. what you gotta do. Gotta gotta bring the show to the people. You do. Uh, so, without further ado, um, the NFL is having its opening game tonight, uh, and so we're going to be getting into the spirit of the season by doing our own fantasy draft pick. But instead of picking players, though, we're going to be picking energy stocks. So uh, I guess we'll basically have three rounds. We'll just each pick a you know stock. We'll go with that. Uh, so th- for this first round, uh, we're going to be picking our franchise tags. This is particularly poignant because given how the energy sector has been performing, it seems like literally every stock is a free agent. So my first pick of the 2015 energy draft, I'm going to go with Enterprise Products Partners. Okay. Um, pretty much, you know, one Off of the, the board. S- pretty much one of the staple companies in the energy space. Not a producer, rather it has one of, uh, has the nation's largest network of natural gas liquids pipeline and infrastructure network, uh, natural gas processing. Basically what they do is take kind of that in-between product, somewhere between natural gas and oil, and it's a major transportation. It's a a network for that. Uh, Some of the things that you see out of that, things like propane. Um, It's also a major chemical feedstock for a lot of plastics and things like that. And you you can use some of it in heating, but it's not like the traditional natural gas that we see. Uh, If you look at the company uh, over the past 10, 15 years, it has been one of the highest performers in the space in terms of total returns, which is the combination of dividends and share price appreciation. Uh, It's a master limited partnership that doesn't have a general partner, so it doesn't have those obligations to give out all the cash it absolutely needs to at any given moment, stores a little bit for some organic growth. And if you look at the moves that they have made in recent years, it's really hard to argue with them. So this isn't the first time you've talked up this company. Is there anything? Oh, uh, I've been hyping this company for years. I'm yeah, like, uh, I'm like the, the hype, hype man. I'm like the hype the man. Little John for EPD. Yeah, like the the idea with these first picks was kind of what stock you would use to build a portfolio if you were building one today. Was there a reason this is like your your bedrock, your base? Well, one of the reasons it's such for me it's a base is the fact that it is isolated from commodity prices. So I'm not going to get those wild swings, especially somebody who's new to the energy sector who may get nervous when you you know you look at a cyclical industry and watch stocks drop 50 60 percent like we have seen uh over this past year or so it's 85 percent of their gross margin basically you know revenue after a cost of goods sold is 85 percent fee based you know everything comes from toll uh you know that toll booth sort of model so it really isolates them from that commodity price and generates a lot of cash for them which they can return to shareholders and that's one of the reasons i think it's it's a great way for people to get into the energy sector for the first time because it you know it doesn't have those wild swings got it okay taylor what's your pick sticking with the same same sector same position i guess you should say um spectra energy that's my that's my bedrock yielding 5.3% right now after the stock has been sold off 
It's in a weak division. So it's in the East Coast as far as distribution of natural gas is concerned. Um, a lot of companies are focusing on the mid middle of the continent because that's where a lot of the natural gas is produced and oil. Um, you've got this company building out $35 billion worth of projects um, starting in like 2013 for the next few years. Um, access to the entire East Coast, building out the New England area, which is lacking in natural gas infrastructure and uh, solid coverage, solid distribution uh, to that area. So you're looking at a coverage ratio above one. They're, they're I think, like 1.7 right now. They know they can maintain 1.2. So you're not too worried about the dividend here. It's, a, it's a, one of the largest companies in the space. And um, that's my number one pick. Cool. My only question for them, though, is when I look at these really these companies like Aspectra who have these giant backlogs of projects, mm-hmm. you know, somebody very in that similar position as Williams. One of the things that I kind of look at is, can they access the enough capital to get those things all on online? And That's fair. It's my biggest question with Spectra Energy. Well, there's a high rating on this company, so uh, they're looking at some decent credit from the banks. And right now, only a few of these $35 billion worth of projects are actually underway, so they're not pot committed yet. They are doing their due diligence on about half of them, so they can pull back if they need to, but I feel confident in this company's ability with their with their Spectre Energy partners and DCP Midstream um, LPs below them to, to funnel cash upwards. Um, I like this company a lot. Cool. All right. So Spectre's off the board. Yeah, Spectre's off the board. Uh, so my pick is uh, my bedrock for my uh, uh, franchise tag is EOG Resources. Um, basically, the reason being they're arguably the strongest shale operator there is. Um, Capital IQ still has them growing earnings out through the end of the decade through a combination of uh, uh, increased efficiency. They're getting better returns at $65 oil than they were at 95 in 2012. Um, we, you know, I think Taylor, you're also a fan of this company. I'm interested to see why you went with Spectra over an EOG or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, they are they're my my bedrock for starting an energy portfolio today. Yeah, I just went with the. Uh, I think it's a more solid footing. Uh, you, you're going to see a huge upside with EOG, but um, potential upside. I don't want to guarantee upside, but um, I think that Spectra Energy might have a little bit more guaranteed week to week returns. Cool. I guess not. You know, in in fantasy draft terms, week right. to week returns. Um, this would be more consistent year over year returns. Yeah, I feel like you just. Uh, I feel like you just drafted a injury prone running back. Could score a lot of points for you. Yeah, yeah, that no, 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 cyclical no. like come down yeah. could really really burn you on that one. <laughs> they, EOG has not been injured for a while. Um, before we move on, I wanted to uh, with all the rest of our draft picks, I want to make our listeners aware of a very special offer for all industry focused listeners. If you found this discussion informative and you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor maybe the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than ten years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for. All all of our industry-focused listeners, it is $129 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this deal. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And for round two of our fantasy energy stock uh, draft picks, we've got our Hail Mary pick. Um, basically, these are stocks that we're looking at that are rule breakers or long-tail investments that will take years to develop. Uh, first up is Taylor. What do you got for us? Well, I'm going a little bit outside of the energy spectrum, but I believe that energy is going to drive this company um, in the future, and that's Silver Wheaton. 
Um, you hear the name, you think silver miner, but it's a silver streamer. So they don't have the overhead that a, that a miner does. They're basically streaming the silver. They're buying silver from base metal producers that don't actually mine for silver. So the copper miners, the gold miners, uh, lead and iron ore miners. That, that it's a byproduct of what they're actually mining, yielding uh, 1.7%. So low yield, but it's a fluctuating yield. So you're not going to see a typical distribution or dividend cut like you might with a miner. These they're going to base their dividend on previous 12 months of cash flow. So investors are going to be able to predict what's going to happen with the dividend. And I think it's one of the more unique dividend policies that I've ever seen. I spoke with Randy Smallwood a couple times over the last few years. Um, He's looking at solar. He's looking at batteries to drive growth here. And because the metal prices are so low right now, there's just not mining development. So you're looking at a potential huge shortfall in supply versus the demand if you see solar continue to ramp up like it is. Batteries, because silver is such a high conductive material, um, I believe you know you're looking at about seventy percent of worldwide production comes from byproduct uh, production. So you're not you're only thirty percent is actually coming from silver specific mines, and so silver wheat has tapped into that seventy percent, and they're the leading streamer in the world. And uh, looking, he he says that production is going to drop this year from a peak in 2014, going to drop again next year, and there's going to be a pinch somewhere down the line. You've seen the share price crumble a little bit lately because silver and gold, which they're moving into a little bit more, have have fallen pretty considerably over the last few years. But um, I like this company long term because of the markets that they're addressing in terms of um, innovation. Cool. Yeah. Just a quick question on this one. Like you were saying how it Seventy percent of it actually comes from secondary mining. You know, it's not yep. the primary thing you're looking for. With so many other mining sectors right now kind of slowing down, you mm-hmm. know, your copper, iron ore. Does that kind of does that maybe slow down their ability to secure new sources of silver in the next coming couple of years? And you know, kind of looking at it, be like, you know, this thing could maybe have to sit on it for a few years before it really starts to take off again in that commodity cycle sort of thing. Sure. Well, yeah, they've had a few more mines that they've that they've signed deals with come online. So right now, they're basically, in in his words, they're basically done spending cash on new mines for the foreseeable future. Not because they're worried about the, the future of silver, but just because they've reached a point where now they feel comfortable about the the ramp up in the mines that they're that they're attached to, and so they're comfortable with the the, the next few years of growth in terms of the. CapEx that are being poured into some mines from Gold Corp and, and uh, Vale and, and other big producers of base metals. So you're seeing this company not really having to go out and spend over the next few years. And they're, I think their their per unit cost for silver equivalent ounces is in the $4 range. And that's mapped out to 2018. So if silver upticks any from where it is right now, their margin is just going to continue to improve. Cool. cool. I believe, since I went first last time, you're up next for this one. All right. So this is my Hail Mary pick, and it is literally a, the best Hail Mary pass I could think of, which was Lynn Energy. We're um, going with the dirty, dirty, dirty been, value play for his, uh, for his Hail they're Mary. They're down, what, 90% over the last year? Something like it's that. It's very sad. But uh, they do have some of the best hedges around. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, it's a Hail Mary pass because... Even when oil prices recover, if that were to happen in the next year or two, they would survive and possibly come out on the other end. You know, on the other end of it, okay. Um, they're about eighty or ninety percent hedged on their production this year, and that tapers off next year at about two thirds. Then they're in trouble in twenty seventeen, and that's why it's the the hail mary pass. But they are one of the biggest MLPs. They recently cut their dividend to preserve cash. Um, this is the 
This is the this is the buckle up. I I really hope that oil prices let's, increase. Let's let's lob this eighty yards and you know, see what happens. <laughs> I'm 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 actually even more because inv- I'm personally invested in linear energy. So it's like you've got a fantasy draft. I'm really you're actually, this you're actually doing. That. Oh, I am actually. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely making the hail mary prayers on that one. All right, so coming. I guess I'm third. Last My but not least. yeah, hail mary pass is Solar City uh, again. Oh man! Not an oil. Pick. You've been drinking the the, the rule breakers Kool Aid over here. Yeah, well, <laughs> well um, you know Jim Chanos, uh, the well known short um, investor, just actually went short on Solar City, kind of saying had that that house of cards sort of model on on its debt profile. However, when I look at this, some here are some of the things that I'm looking at from a long tail perspective. Uh, yes, it's losing money today, and yes. Um, it's still going to require an immense amount of funding to actually make that happen. However, the the growth in the company has still been quite spectacular over these past you know couple of years, and it doesn't look like they're it's growing be faster than because uh, who's the other player? The v- Vivint Solar, yeah, and they're growing. There, the there's fastest, a couple right? others that are growing at pretty high clips, but if you're looking at the raw number of growth. Uh, Solar City is yeah. is growing probably at the fastest in terms of total megawatts deployed. Plus, they have the whole Elon Musk Association, to which which certainly give them a halo. gives them a little bit of assistance. Um, and the the one thing that I, I keep coming back to with that you know that idea that their debt is too much of an issue, um, you almost have to think of their debt similar to how you would think of a utility company, because the debt that is being um, secured by for Solar City isn't like it's built on the company's solar panels. It's actually the, those debts are structured based on the contracts that people are going to be paying for for, for their power. Yeah, yeah, it's a power purchasing agreement, very similar to a utility bill. And so, if you look at those um, utility bills and utility payments, such as water, electricity, those have some of the lowest default rates in the uh, of any yeah. sort of debt payment in the world, and so. It, you're not as exposed to that kind of credit risk, and that's why Solar City has been able to access such cheap capital because it looks at that and say that is a very secure payment. Yeah. And it, with that in mind, yes, it, it's growing a lot, and it, you know, it's still kind of spending more money. However, once it gets to a kind of its target goals and starts to slow down that growth, and those. You know, you're not spending as much on the deployment of new capital. All of those accumulated contracts are going to turn into a cash flow generation. And when that happens, you've got the the ability to, you know, hopefully maybe even like return a dividend if we're really, really ambitious. Or at the same time, you can actually just kind of internally fund your growth and not have to access capital as much. Steady stream of cash flow at that point. I mean, it'll get uh, assigned a high multiple. Yeah, that's... Again, hail Mary. That's that's the idea. Doing that, yeah. Hey, my pick, my second round pick is clearly helping, hoping for the success of Silver or for uh, sure. Silver City. Yeah, cool. Okay, for our third round, we're going to do our waiver wire picks, and this is basically a company that you wouldn't build a, a portfolio around, but one that you could fill out a portfolio with today because of its valuation. Uh, I do believe I get to go first now. You do. Oh boy. Um, Tyler, you're going to appreciate this. I'm going with Harold Ham's Continental Resources. You just picked three producers, right? I did. You are just completely flapping in the wind when it comes to uh, I'm, I'm, I'm when it comes to oil the, prices. The, 
You're you're the very bullish on oil prices whole... right now. <laughs> Going for broke. I look at uh, supply and demand, baby. Um, <laughs> it's currently trading. At you 20... might have a couple good years of for, of a run. Be, be, well, what time period are we looking at here? Like three years? Because I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is a this is a dynasty In, league. Indiscriminate. <laughs> indiscriminate. Yeah. Um, Continental is currently at twenty eight a share, and Ham's easily the most entertaining oil CEO there is. Um, high profile billion dollar divorces, notwithstanding. Um, they're basically aiming for cash flow neutrality until oil prices turn around. Um, that's pretty much as good as you can hope for uh, in an environment like the one we have today. Um, but I was fiddling around on uh, our friends over at SP Capital IQ's analyst estimates, and analysts think that by the end of the decade, they'll be back to earning about 4 bucks a share through efficiency gains and just a modest rebound in oil prices. And that's okay by me, given that it's trading at 28 right now. So, Well, I mean, when you got companies in the North Dakota region, which right. is... And they're know, the biggest North that Dakota is, back Yeah, that's producers. their bread and butter. You know, Some of them are getting break-even at $30 right, right. now, so that's so, it's quite promising for the future. Could be worse. <laughs> so <laughs> who, worse. who's up second? Is it me? Uh, uh, sure. Why not? All right. Um, I, yes, my, you are. You my are waiver second. wire pick is uh, Helmrich and Payne. Um, you made that up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> probably, probably one that isn't really brought up a whole lot when it when we talk about. Uh, I have energy him on companies. my foolish watch list because I think we talked about him like a month or two ago. Just you and I at the, the water cooler. Yes. Um, Helmerk and Payne owns land rigs, mostly in the United States, a couple overseas um, assets. But basically, all of the drilling that goes on in the United States uh, is rented out to land rigs. Uh, and if we look at the kind of land drilling space in the United States today, they need those new high-technology rigs that have high horsepower, um, high torque things. Like they're using AC power instead of DC, which was something that was used you know, 20 years ago. The ability to drill horizontally and, and today even the ability to kind of move on the pad so you can drill like 10, 12 wells from a single spot at the same time. Uh, Helmerick and Payne has the largest fleet of these. Surprisingly, unlike other companies in the space, it has done so without taking on a lot of debt. In fact, I believe that it is uh, net debt um, zero. It has more cash yeah. than it actually has debt on the profile. So, you know, even with rig counts down in the United States, uh, that today, was going to be my question. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, are all their rigs just sitting there now because the rig counts dropped they, by? They have a pretty so. low utilization rate. However, even at this low utilization rate, they are still uh, generating net income. They are still uh, pretty much cash flow positive and have that giant war chest of cash kind of sitting and allowing them to kind of ride out the storm much better than many of its peers. Um, it has a history of holding or raising its dividend for more than 20 years now. And you know if you're looking at something st- stable in the oil business, right. that's hard to beat. So I- I'm looking at this and saying you know it may not be the high-flying pick right now because land rigs are down. However, based on its valuation and based on its ability to withstand the low oil prices, I, I'm really liking the stock right now. Cool. All right, Mr. Muckerman, finish this off here. Okay, so my – what is this? The waiver wire? Waiver yeah. wire. Oh, man. Um, Filling in week to week for oh, you. Okay, all right. Who's my substitute here? I'm going with Devon Energy. Uh, I'm going with my first producer. I'm looking at this company, uh, a pro in terms of – Enhanced oil recovery. It's got good basin coverage with with the Eagle Ford, the Permian, 
um, amongst others. Those are the two most popular that you might they might know of. Um, it's getting into reusing a lot of its own energy to to lower its cost. It's still producing pretty well. They they increase their production year over year in the latest quarter. Um, pretty low cost in terms of what you're seeing out there. Not maybe not as low cost as EOG um, in terms of per barrel cost, but they're still competitive and they've been beaten up just as much as some of the worst producers in the business. And so I think that. Uh, this company could fill some nice holes. Cool. Okay. If you'd like to be a part of the Fantasy Energy Stock Draft, email us uh, with the individual whose team you'd like to vote for. Uh, so, hashtag Tyler, hashtag Taylor, and hashtag Sean. Um, we're not doing this on Twitter, though, I don't think. Sorry. You could tweet um, at TMF Energy if you want. You no, know, that would work. Okay, perfect. Um, and uh, just let us know who you'd like to vote for. And uh, if your team is winning by the end of the year, we'll send you some Motley Fool swag. I think we've got some hats and uh, we got some stuff. We'll see we got what some happens. stuff. Yeah, we got well, t-shirts. At the yeah. end of the year, we'll, we'll we'll take all these picks and starting at the market close today, we'll see who won at the end of the year and who you know we'll do a random drawing You're keep from track, the people. Right? Okay. I'll keep track. Total right. return. Total okay. total included. return. Dividend okay. included. Excellent. And as always, and if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Tyler Crow and Taylor Muckerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!